Is synchronicity getting way out of hand? Are you on your fourth twin flame? Do you keep getting signs? Does it seem that there's more retrogrades than not? Does Mandela keep stealing everything from you? If you're having strange experiences, you might just be a starseed. Join me, the Mystic Man, as I take you on a journey through self-discovery, esoterics, mystery, astrology, tarot, numerology, web development, web design, business, um, oh, and current events on SAS, Starseeds, Angels, Savant Syndrome. Your host, the Mystic Man. As above, so below. As within, so without a doubt. You didn't want to catch the next episode. Stay tuned. Everest. This is the next song. This is the one. To the finish line Oh, my heart is raised Every step that I take But I'm hoping that the gates They'll tell me that you're mine Walking through the city streets Is it by mistake of design? I feel so alone on the Friday nights Can you make it feel like home If I tell that you're mine Yes, like I told you, honey Don't make me sad Don't make me cry Sometimes love is not enough And the road gets tough I don't know why Keep making me laugh Let's go get Long we carry on to try to have fun in the meantime. Come and take a walk on the wild side. Let me hug you hard in the pouring rain. You like a girl's insane. Choose your last words. This is the last time. Cause you and I, we were born to die. But now I'm fine I can see but once I was blind I was so confused as a little child Tried to take what I could get Scared that I couldn't find All the answers, honey Don't make me sad Don't make me cry Sometimes love is not enough and the road gets tough I don't know why keep making me laugh Let's go get high The 
road is long, we carry home Drive on in the meantime Come and take a walk on the white side Let me hug your heart in the pouring rain You're like a girl's insane Choose your last words This is the last time Cause you and I We were born to die And the road gets tough, I don't know why Keep making me laugh Let's go get high The road is long, we carry on the dry Have fun in the meantime Come and take a walk in the wild side Let me hug your heart in the pouring rain You're like a girl's insane Choose your last words This is the last Time Cause you and I We were born to die We were born to die We were born to die
listening to Sass, Starseeds, Angels, Savant Syndrome, with your host, The Mystic Man.
Did you know that you can leave a message to be on the show? That's right, you can. If you go to the show's description on whatever platform you're listening to this on, and mind you, it does host on many platforms. This SAS podcast, Starseeds Angels Savant Syndrome, hosts on many platforms, as most podcasts do these days. Well, if you look in the description for the show, you'll find a link to message us. You can leave a, leave a audio recording for the show and be on air, not live, but you can ask a question or leave a statement. Heck, this show is explicit and it's rated explicit. So you can even swear. You can swear at me if you want. And roast me. And that's perfectly fine. I welcome anybody to say anything that they want. And that's freedom of speech. How it should be. I I don't know if there's a time limit on the audio recording that you're allowed to uh, record with. But uh, try to keep it a little bit short. I'd say at least under like half an hour, if that's okay with you. But yes, please do message and be on the show. You can do so anonymously. It's perfectly fine.
wanted to give a thank you for listening in. And I also wanted to leave a little note about my last episode about the clicking. You know, I am sorry if anybody caught that. It's um, it's not me tapping on the phone. No, I guess it's some kind of audio thing with the technology or something. I just learned what it was myself. I never knew what it was. I thought I was just being hacked all the time or something. <laughs> Or my phone was tapped or something. I mean, shoot, probably is anyways. Heck, all of our phones are tapped. But anyways, no, uh, I I didn't know what the tapping, ticking, clicking sound was. And uh, I looked it up, and I guess it's some kind of thing when, um, when you're putting together audio. And so I apologize for that. And... I will try to figure a way around that. It's really a strange, um, I mean, the blogs online don't seem to really have a uh, sure way about it. And audio editing itself can be kind of um, tricky, very tricky. Our technology nowadays, as vast as, as it is, um, it's it's really almost impossible to find an app or a uh, program that doesn't freeze on you when you're editing audio. It's strange like that. But uh, yeah, no, um, that was not me. But I will definitely try to take control of that matter from now on. Maybe I could go back and edit that. At, that uh, episode too. I don't understand. You know, um, it came fine when I published it for me. But um, anyways, speaking of uh, all that being tapped and all that, I got a interview for you. I used a audio service called Otter to record this. So technically, it's journalism. And yeah, it's a recording of the interview of FBI Director Ray and Brett from Fox News. Cheers. Have a good day. Director Ray, thanks for being here. Thank you. There are a lot of topics we want to talk about and cover here with you. I want to talk about, first, foreign influence in this country. The Justice Department recently indicted a professor at Harvard for lying about his relationship with the Chinese government. For people who don't know about China and what they're trying to do in the U.S., how much is China doing? How much is China spying in the U.S.? Brett, there's no country that presents a broader, more comprehensive threat to America's innovation, to our economic security, and to our democratic ideas than China does. Just to give you some context for that, just as we're sitting here having this conversation, the FBI has over 2,000 active investigations that trace back to the government of China. 2,000? Right. And that's put a little more context on that, that's about a 1,300% increase 
in terms of economic espionage investigations with the Chinese nexus from about a decade ago. So how much is that economic espionage? How much is it government espionage? Well, that's the thing that a lot of people don't really understand about the Chinese government. This is not about the Chinese people or Chinese Americans. This is about the Chinese government and the Chinese Communist Party. And they are pursuing a campaign of intellectual property theft, economic espionage, cyber intrusions that target businesses, big and small, all across the country. Uh, and our academic research institutions, and they do it not just through traditional government officials, which they certainly do, but also through what we sometimes call non-traditional collectors, which can be businessmen, high-level scientists, uh, high-level academics, people like that, all of whom are in different ways incentivized to steal American innovation and confidential information and take it back to China. So in the 30s and 40s, the Soviet Union, for example, had more than 100 spies in the State Department. Uh, is espionage a real problem in the U.S.? What is China doing on that front? Well, traditional espionage is certainly, you know, the old sort of spy versus spy thing, still very much a phenomenon in today's world. But we're much more focused in many ways on the economic espionage, which targets American businesses and hurts American jobs, American consumers. Uh, and it's everything from Fortune 100 companies to startups, it's agriculture, it's high tech, it's aviation, it's healthcare. Uh, as I said before, it's our academic research institutions. Are they taking an interest in elections? They certainly have a, an interest in influencing our, uh, our political thought, our policies, to try to shift them in a more friendly pro-China, pro-Chinese Communist Party direction. And so sometimes that gets wrapped up in election issues. Is the FBI in charge of the investigation of the origins of the coronavirus? We certainly have a role in looking into the origins of the coronavirus. Uh, Are you getting this, closer? I would say at this point, there's nothing to add to what the intelligence community has already said publicly on that. Uh, there's still insufficient information to really know exactly how the virus uh, emanated from Wuhan. When you say that China's active, um, when there is a crisis, for example, the protests after the George Floyd killing, are you seeing foreign intervention to kind of stir up chaos inside the U.S.? We have certainly seen in the past uh, a variety of foreign adversaries looking to amplify uh, controversy in this country. And they use state media, they use social media, some of that's through propaganda, some of that's through disinformation, some of that's through just fake information. Uh, and we are looking carefully at the prospect of foreign influence or foreign interference in all of the protest activity that's occurred over the last few weeks. The president has talked and the administration has talked about Antifa, yet what the Justice Department and you all have moved on is this boogaloo group that is kind of a right-wing group that is trying to stir up chaos to make it look like it's left wing. I talked to the attorney general about this last time we sat down. Are there any Antifa investigations ongoing? The violence that occurred during the protests of the past few weeks uh, is driven by a variety of different um, motivations and ideologies. It's not all the work of any single ideology movement or group. We certainly have uh, a number of active, ongoing investigations into violent anarchist extremists, some of whom 
self-identify or otherwise link to the Antifa movement. But I think it's a mistake to try to put a lot of this into sort of neat ideological buckets. We're really about the violence, not the ideology. Saw the letter you sent to your FBI family after the George Floyd killings and what that means internally. What have you been doing uh, to change the dynamic uh, in the wake of all of this? So I understand completely that there are a lot of people out there in this country uh, who are hurting, who are angry, who are upset uh, over uh, instances of uh, racism or where the justice system has failed people of color in particular. Uh, I would also say, though, uh, that the law enforcement family is also hurting. Uh, and there are lots and lots and lots of police officers out there who are putting their lives on the line every day who are you know, unfairly tarred by the misconduct of a few. So what we really need is for people to come together, to listen to each other, and to work together to try to figure out a better way forward. When I talked to the Attorney General, he suggested that there's going to be some kind of federal involvement in setting clear standards uh, for police units across the country. I think there's a general agreement among police agencies that we need clearer standards we have to make sure those standards are trained to, and we have to make sure that there are systems in place that hold officers accountable. So is that a federal effort? Does that suddenly come a federal training effort? I think we're going to need a, a strong federal participation in this effort in helping to set standards. So what does that look like? Well, the FBI's role is a, a few different things. First, uh, in terms of accountability, we pursue and have for some time civil rights, color of law investigations where excessive force violates federal law. But we also participate in doing training and setting best practices for police departments, state and local, uh, around the country. You know, the president said about these uh, monuments coming down. We are looking at long-term jail sentences for these vandals and these hoodlums and these anarchists and agitators. They're bad people. They don't love our country. And they're not taking down our monuments. Is that going to happen? Look, equal justice is essential, but violence and destruction of federal property is not the way to get there. Uh, and if there are appropriate bases for federal investigations, we'll pursue them. What is the biggest threat you see? Uh, for a long time, it was radical Islamic terrorism. What's the biggest threat that you see as FBI director? The biggest terrorist threat here in the U.S., here in the homeland, is what we would call sort of homegrown violent extremists. And these are people who are uh, lone actors, typically, motivated by a variety of different ideologies, some jihadist, some others, uh, who go very quickly from radicalization to attack, typically radicalized online, and they're going after soft targets you know, schools, uh, shopping malls, you know, easy to hit targets and using easily accessible weapons. And those kinds of terrorists are much harder to detect and prevent in many ways. Uh, and so that's what we think of as the, the greatest threat to here in the homeland. What's the morale here at the FBI? I actually think the morale in the FBI is quite good. Our attrition rate is down to 0.4%. And there are not a lot of organizations out there, public or private, that can say that. Now, the investigation into the FISA abuse, there was false information provided to the FISA court, according to the IG. Um, bogus information um, about this 
from a rival presidential campaign in the Steele dossier. One of your own top attorneys fabricated evidence to suggest Carter Page was a secret Russian asset when, in fact, he had helped the U.S. build a case against Russian operatives. There are a lot of people who look at what has come out, and understanding the Durham report is yet to come, likely this summer. They wonder, will anybody be held accountable? Will anything come of this? Well, first, let me say this. I think that IG report describes conduct that I consider unacceptable and unrepresentative of who the FBI is as an institution and cannot be allowed to happen again. And I've made that very clear to our workforce. Now, I've put in place an entirely new leadership team. Uh, and even though I wasn't director at the time of, of all of this, my team and I are, are fiercely committed to making sure we fix the problems of the past. We've accepted every finding and recommendation in that IG report, but then gone above and beyond, put in place over 40 corrective measures that uh, enhance our training, strengthen our processes, build in more oversight and accountability, and, and have referred employees, current employees, for discipline. Now, having said that, the most senior people involved in this activity, in this report, uh, are long gone, either terminated, some during my tenure, or retired or resigned. Has the FBI disclosed every piece of evidence related to the Durham inquiry? We've cooperated fully with the Durham investigation. In fact, we even have, a lot of people don't know this, we actually have agents assigned to working on the Durham investigation. So we're very much lashed up with that. Congress says they've had a tough time getting documents and things from you, Senator Grassley in particular, about uh, the Michael Flynn calls. Were, were you responsible for holding back from, from Congress some of that stuff? I think we've tried uh, very, very hard to be transparent and cooperative with all the relevant congressional committees. Uh, we've produced all sorts of information and tried to really lean forward. Why did it take so long for the material to come out for Horowitz, you know, publicly? Like with the FISA, the Flynn 302s, the reports, it seemed like it took forever. Why was that? I mean, if it wasn't court orders and the IG's efforts, we wouldn't know anything about any of this. For the IG's efforts, we've been over backwards to be transparent and cooperative with the IG, and he actually, in his report, talks about how fully cooperative and transparent we were with him. The Flynn defense attorneys, Michael Flynn, former NSA, National Security Advisor, said they were not provided the exculpatory evidence that eventually came out um, during the trial. They weren't provided it. Who, who held that back? Decisions about producing documents in a criminal prosecution are typically handled by the prosecutors. Um, I will say that, of course, the Flynn investigation, which took place before I started, and then by the time I started, was in the hands of the special counsel's office, uh, is something that has, in my view, raised serious concerns and questions, which is why I ordered an after-action review by our inspection division to take a look at whether or not the FBI's policies and procedures need to be changed, and if there are any current employees left who uh, may bear any responsibility for misconduct. This interview happened before the appeals court decision on the Flynn case, siding with the Justice Department. But the FBI says no matter how it's decided, the after-action review will continue. Yeah, the president gave an interview in which he said, um, 
just the other day. What does he think about this whole process as we wait for the Durham report? And he characterized it as treason. It's treason. Look, it's treason. look. When I came out a long time ago, I said they've been spying on my campaign. Turned out I was right. What are you looking at what you know, think this is? On the crossfire hurricane matter uh, that's the subject of the IG report, I think it describes conduct that is unacceptable, period, full stop, and cannot be allowed to happen and will not be allowed to happen. In but whether it's criminal FBI. or not. The criminal decisions, charging decisions, prosecution decisions are not made by the FBI director. Those are made by across the street at the Justice Department by the sure. prosecutors. But somebody here altered that FISA report, and that would be a criminal offense, right? And that individual no longer works at the FBI, and I don't want to get out in front of the Durham investigation. Are you worried what the impact is going to be when that all comes out, knowing what you know? I think uh, allegations of misconduct need to be taken seriously. Uh, I think there are serious questions that have been raised here, and they need to be uh, given a serious look. And whatever the impact is, the impact is. Have you ever, one-on-one, -on -one, gone to the president the Oval Office and say, hey, listen, I've, this is what I know, this is what the FBI did, and here's what it is? I have not met with the president one-on-one. -on -one. You've not met ever with him one-on-one? -on -one? No. And this president has, well, publicly said he, he wants to see the jury is still out, is what he said about you. Let's see what happens with him. Look, the, uh, the jury's still out. If you don't meet one-on-one -on -one with the president and he says the jury's still out, are you worried at all about how the president thinks about you and the job? No, I think I have a very professional relationship with the, the president, which is, I think, what every FBI director and every president should have. And I've certainly had plenty of occasions where I've met with the president, just with others there. present, right? You're on Senator Graham's list to testify. Do you expect to be up there testifying on, in his investigation? Uh, I'll see. I, I've testified quite frequently uh, in this role. It seems to be a, a, a routine part of the job. What's the toughest thing you deal with every day? The sheer volume of the threats that face this country um, is remarkable. And so just to give you a flavor of it, you know, in the past few months alone, our Joint Terrorism Task Forces have thwarted potential terrorist attacks in Tampa, in New York, in Cleveland, in Kansas City. And then you had COVID come in, right? And we've probably got over 400 COVID-19 fraud investigations open. Uh, we have probably in the last year something like 1,500 kids that the FBI has recovered or rescued from child sexplo sexual exploitation or human trafficking. We talked about China before. Well, the FBI is opening a new counterintelligence investigation that ties back to China every 10 hours. So you put some of those things, and that's just sort of the tip of the iceberg. And your relationship with the Attorney General? The Attorney General and I have, I think, an excellent working relationship. I, I value him as a, a friend and a colleague. Director Ray, we appreciate the time. Thanks very much. Thanks, Brett. Well, that's all I got for you tonight. You've been listening to Starseed's Angels Savant Syndrome. I am the mystic man, and my name is Sean, you know, you could call me Sean if you want, but, but it's more mystical if you call me mystic man. <sighs> was that a little bit Irish? That, that was kind of Irish sounding, wasn't it? I am Irish a little bit, you know, 
You can tell by my red-ish beard. When I get more sun, I get more red in my beard. I don't know why that is. Anyways. Oh, humanity.